Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. I was the one you're supposed to be depending upon me for your very life and existence, but you're going another way. God said, uh, heavens, he said, let the heavens be in shock, be in amazement, for my people are throwing me away because they want to do their own things. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. I'm going to read verses uh, 1, 2, and 3, and then we're going to go forward. But first, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you have ordained and anointed to take place. Lord, we pray that you would give us a hearing ear and a heart to respond. We admit our desperation for you. We are desperate for you. Desperate for your move, desperate for your touch. We're hungry for you, hungry and, and thirsty for your touch and for your word. We need an encounter with you, an experience with you that is unparalleled. Have your way in us. And we're willingly, we willingly give ourselves away that you may use us. Now have your way, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, Isaiah 55, verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, the King James Version, it reads thusly. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. We're going to speak from the subject of simply what's for dinner. What's for dinner? You may be seated. Thank you. What's for dinner? We're all going to eat something. But remember, and it is a, it is a wise saying, it's not a biblical verse, but it is wisdom. And it says this, you are what you eat. It is a truth. You are what you eat, what you consume. And Isaiah says here, the Lord saying through the prophet Isaiah, he says, everyone that is thirsty, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. In other words, the Lord has already prepared a way for you to get this. He's paying for you. So in effect, it's free. He knows that we cannot afford this true and living water, this, this living food. He knows that we cannot afford the, the, the high price of what heaven has to offer. So he gives it to us at no cost. He just tells us, come, make yourself available and drink and eat. He knows that in ourselves, we are not deserving of it. That's why he sent his son 
the Lord Jesus Christ to be our righteousness, that we can have access into what the Father has. And he says to us, come, come ye to the waters. Um, and he that have no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Verse 2, we're really going to be looking at this. Wherefore, come ye, he said, wherefore, uh, or why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for, for that which satisfy not. And that is really what we are doing. We're spending our time and money and our, our precious resources on things that really don't matter. We are putting our monies into bags with holes in it. We are filling ourselves with a lot of things that do not satisfy, that can do nothing for the soul. It may bloat the body, but it does nothing for the soul. Are you with me? It does nothing to preserve you and to fill you. Now, we're going to look at this also uh, in one lady's life in John, the fourth chapter. Yes, Pastor Shamiko was in my Kool-Aid this morning. Or I was in her Kool-Aid. I don't know. But the Lord takes us back to the book of John. We visited John or she visited John this morning in Sunday school class. And we're going to look at John, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to show you some things here about a very, about a very familiar text of scripture uh, and uh, about the case of the woman at the well. Are y'all with me today? Are you going to pray for your pastor? All right. John, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to read just a little bit, but I think that we know a lot of this. But just in case someone does not, I'm going to read. John four, verse five says, then cometh he to, to a city of Sike of a Samaria, uh, which is called Sychar near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied uh, with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto town to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask of drink of me? Which am, a Samaria, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, now underline that, the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. And who it is, if you know the gift of God, number one, and who is, and who it is that's talking to you now. If you only knew the gift of God and who I am, the Lord said. If you knew the gift of God and who I am that is speaking to you, you would say, you would ask him or ask me, uh, and he would give you living water. Now we're going to see those two things in particular today. If the Lord said, if you knew who I was, rather if you knew the gift of God, if you knew God's gift, and if you knew who I was, then you would ask me and I would give you Rivers of living water. The woman saith unto him, uh, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From uh, whence then hast thou that living water? 
Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now, under, we're going to do some underlining here. Verse 13, notice what the Lord says. Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Shall thirst again. That is a perpetual thirst. But he said, whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give. Underline the, the phrase that I shall give. And uh, shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And she responds, uh, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And the Lord says, Go, call thy husband and come hither. Now, then she goes to a, a discourse here. But you'll have to really read the, the entire uh, chapter when you get home to get a really good understanding of this. But let me tell you something. We have the knowledge of what's about to happen. From the very beginning, we are in somewhat of a, of a divine knowledge position. Let's go back to the very beginning of this. The Lord Jesus sitting at the well, woman comes up. Now, when she comes up, Jesus already knows that she has an issue with men. Already knows it. He already knows that she's had five husbands and the one, the one she's with now which is number six, uh, she's not married to him. She's shacking up. He already knows that. When she comes to him, she already knows. And because we have read the account, we also know her baggage as she comes up to Jesus on the well. Right? Right. The Lord begins to address the issues that are in her heart. She's going from man to man, from relationship to relationship, because she is empty on the inside. She is, hunger, she is hungering and thirsting for something in her heart that these men could not feel. She's thirsty. She's thirsty. Now, notice what the scripture says here. The Lord says, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. This was her condition. This is what she was doing. She was thirsting. Oh, and to be thirsty and to get some good water. Let me illustrate that by drinking this water. Ah, because I was thirsty. Water tastes so good. The Lord said, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Now, the water that he's talking about, of course, is from Jacob's well. It is a natural water source. Now we know naturally when you, we're going to get thirsty again, 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 again. We know that because we're part, we're in this body, but he was speaking more of a spiritual problem, a spiritual condition, a hole that was in her heart. Now, because she was thirsty, she did not have what's called natural affections. One man should have been able to satisfy her, but he couldn't. The second man was not able to satisfy her. So she had um, an insatiable desire. There was a hole in her heart that could not be quenched by physical relationships. One man should have done it. 
And we are really mated for life. We marry for life, right? To death do us part. That one relationship should have done it, but it didn't. The second one didn't. The third one didn't. The fourth one didn't. The fifth one didn't. And now she's on the sixth one. There is an insatiable desire, a craving that's on the inside of her. There's an appetite that she's trying to fulfill uh, with natural things. So her going from man to man or from relationship to relationship, that was only the, a symptom of a deeper problem in her heart. She was thirsting for something and she was feeding her thirst with a natural thing. Understand something. We can feed ourselves with something that is natural and something that is natural will not profit the soul. That is what Isaiah was talking about. As we go back to Isaiah 55, and it says, uh, verse number two, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? He said, Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. We can go out. Now, we've, we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. We can go out and we can get a lot of things to try to satisfy the longings of the soul. We can try to get alcohol. We can um, try to have a promiscuous relationships. We can commit adultery. Uh, we can do drugs. Uh, we can do a lot of things to try to satisfy the cravings of the soul. Now, this woman in this text, in John, the fourth chapter, to try to satisfy the cravings of the longings or the thirst of her soul, she chose the path of men. Maybe this man will make me feel better, make me feel good enough so that this hole in my heart will be filled. Maybe I can drink from him. Maybe I can eat from him and this will satisfy the longings of my heart. He'll give me all the love that I need. He'll give me all the compassion that I need. He'll serve me with the caring and the comfort and the peace. He'll give all this to me. He'll satisfy the longings of my heart. But guess what? The first one didn't do it. So the thinking is he must be broke. He's broken. He may have been broken financially or just broken, a broken person. So let's go to the next one. Maybe this next one is going to do it, satisfy all the longings of my heart, this next relationship. So he'll give me all the love I need and all the, all the courage I need and all the confidence that I need. He'll give me the comfort that I need. Oh, he'll make me feel good. This will make me feel good. This is the one. This is the one. No, back in divorce court, that's not the one. So went to the third one, not the one. Fourth one, not the one. Fifth one, not the one. And so we're now in the sixth relationship. And so now she's done with marriage and just here again, just shacking up with the individual because this one cannot meet that need. Now she's understanding that my answer is not in a marital relationship. So we're trying to fill this hole up. Now, all of us, we may not be going from man to man, but we may be going from Bud Light to Bud Light. From television show to television show to gossip to gossip or from drug to drug. I don't know what your flavor is, but she's coming back to the well. Now, this well is symbolizing uh, it's, it's a natural picture of a spiritual truth. She's thirsty. And she keeps going back to the man and the man cannot satisfy her thirst. And Jesus says in John 5, in verse number 6, he said... Um, he said to her, 
rather, I'm sorry, John 4, verse number 13, he says, Whosoever drinketh of this water, Jacob's well, these natural things, uh, to try to satisfy a spiritual problem, if you use natural things to satisfy a spiritual problem, you're going to thirst again. Did you, grab a, did you grab a hold of that? You're going to thirst again. Now, here's the danger in, in trying to satisfy, uh, trying to satisfy our souls, our spirit with natural things. Uh, once we get a taste of something natural that has, uh, that has an inkling of maybe it will satisfy or, or it gives us a little taste of satisfaction, but it's not really there. It's empty. It's hollow. Here's the danger in it. Uh, the danger uh, is that once our body gets a hold of the, the taste or the sensation of it, then the body begins to crave for it. And your body can begin to crave for something even though your mind doesn't even want it. Are you with me? Your body starts hollering out and wants it. And you know inside, I don't want that. I don't know why I feel this way. There's a disconnection between body and soul or body and the mind. Or your mind can really want it. You say, oh, I really would like to do that. But your body's saying, no, I'm not ready for that. No, I don't really want it. I don't really want it. But inside, I really want it. I really want it. But no, your body's not lining up with it. There's a disconnection there. There's something wrong. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So there is a danger, again, in trying to solve a spiritual problem or trying to feed ourselves natural things uh, to, uh, to try to um, feed our spiritual problems. Uh, there's a disconnection there. And so the Lord said, if you drink of this, you're going to thirst again. And that's what we've been doing. We've been thirsting again. Uh, hit after hit, whatever it is, we've been thirsting again. We've been thirsting again. And I love what the Lord says and what the woman says to the Lord Jesus as he tells her, hey, I can give you living water. And she says to him in verse number 15, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now, here again, she's acknowledging or somewhere in the spirit realm, she sees and knows that there is a problem. There, there is an emotional problem here. Uh, it is common for rape victims uh, uh, to have had that experience to go forth and start a promiscuous life, trying to find something, especially when, uh, when they have been violated by someone that they thought really loved them. Then they try to go and find another relationship and find love and sex and some, and some other thing. They're trying to fill something up that where there is a hole and they're using natural things to do it. And it won't happen. It can't happen. She says here as she gets an inkling of hope from the Lord. She says, sir, give me this water. Hear the desperation in her voice. Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. Okay? She knows that there is a spiritual problem, that there is an emotional problem. And she's having to go back and forth from her home to this to try to find some refreshing, to try to find some satisfaction. But it only lasts for a moment. Now look at this naturally. She gets water out of the well and she takes it home, maybe spilling a little bit. She takes it home, they use it, and it's gone. Then she has to go right back up and get some more. And it's a continual going. It's a continual going. It's a weary journey, never satisfied, never truly satisfying. Now, Jacob's well, uh, we can see, uh, see it like uh, maybe, uh, let's say you're really thirsty and it's really a hot day and you go and get yourself a soda. 
Well, soda may wet your lips a bit, but you're still going to be thirsty, even thirstier after you finish drinking it, right? It's going to make you more thirsty. It's going to make you more thirsty. The only thing that will really uh, quench that thirst is some good water, right? Let me show you how it looks. No, I won't do it. Okay? But here again, there's a danger in trying to feed yourself or, uh, yeah, trying to feed yourself with natural things to solve a spiritual problem. Uh, many people, many believers, uh, or, or we can say churchgoers, have been hoodwinked by the devil in trying to do the same thing, trying to feed a or satisfy a spiritual problem with something that is natural. And when the devil raises up the price on that something natural, then it causes turmoil in our finance and turmoil in our home. We feel like we can't do without this. I, I need this. I need this. I need this. But the price is going up so high on it now that, we, well, I can't give to the church. I can't help you out, brother or sister. I can't do this because I need this to feed a spiritual problem. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? It can destroy your finances, destroy your home as we're trying to satisfy a spiritual problem with something that is natural. And so the Lord gives her, um, he tells her of the solution. You need what I have. You need my living water. And she says, sir, give it to me. Uh, Give it to me. What is that living water that will cause me to no longer thirst for the things of the world? That will cause me to no, no longer go running out in the middle of the night? That will cause me to no longer go going to John Bob or Mary Bob or, or to the corner to buy. They will, give me that so that I can cut off that cycle so that I will no longer need all that other stuff. Because I know that all that other stuff is not good for me. But I find myself doing it anyway to find comfort, uh, to find pleasure, to find peace, to find a refreshing for my soul. That's why I do that, to find all these other things, to find love. If it, uh, that may, He may not really love me, but just for these five minutes, uh, maybe, or 15 minutes while we're together holding each other, maybe I'll have the, uh, this facade or fantasy that maybe he'll be the one that really loved me. If just for this little while, I'm doing this so that I can feel this way. So, Lord, give me this, sir. She doesn't know who he is. She calls him, sir, give me this. Because I know that these relationships are detrimental. I know that this is killing me. I know that the drug, the alcohol, or whatever, I know it's killing me. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to keep going back because it doesn't satisfy me. The high only lasts for so long, and then I fall back down. It's deceptive, and I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Sir, Give me this living water that I come no more to this thing to feed. Jesus says, all right, go call your husband. I love this. He calls attention to what she's been feeding on. He calls attention to what she's been feeding on, what she's been using to satisfy. Go call the dope dealer. Go call the dope dealer. Go call the relationship. Call up the website, what you've been using. Call it up. He brings attention to it. Oh, you want what I have now? Show me what you've been using. Are you with me? Are you seeing this? Show me what you've been using. Call him. Bring him here. Or go get it. In this case, it's a him, but in our case, it may be an it. Go get the bottle and bring it to me. Go get the pipe. Bring it to me. 
She said, sir, I, I have no husband. He said, you're right. They haven't been fulfilling you. You've had five occasions, so you've used that a lot. You've been using this for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and it's still not doing it for you. In other words, he calls her attention to it. He causes her to see that this does not satisfy. This has not solved the problem. He causes her to see a difference in what he has and in what she's been using. What he has and in what she's been using. There's a difference. And she stands in the middle. Jesus said, I can give this to you. The other men say, I can. But Jesus' hand is full and their hands are empty. Jesus answers, or rather, Jesus gives her hope, a promise, and deeds. He actually will do something for her. All they can give her are empty lies. Take this, you'll feel better in the morning. Do this, you get a high for a second. He says, go, call your husband, call what you've been using. Bring it up here. Let me confront it. She says, sir, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, um, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and, and he whom thou hast now is not thy husband. In, uh, in that sayest thou truly. The woman says to him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. You know all my business. He knew her business before she sat down. That was an example of a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. He knew her. He saw her when she was coming and knew what she was dealing with. And set the whole thing up to show her a spiritual truth of what she'd been doing. You've been using something else to satisfy a need that I can only supply. Now, let me show you another example of this in the book of Jeremiah. You can make a note of it or, or um, you can turn to it if you like. Jeremiah, the second chapter, verses 9 through 15. Now, this here again, this is a problem. Anytime we get something natural to solve a spiritual problem, we're going to hunger again. We're going to thirst again, and the problem will not be satisfied. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you relationships, and it's going to bring some type of death to your home. Some type of death is going to come as a result of it or the loss of something. So the Lord comes to break that cycle to offer you another way. He knows man's heart longs for comfort. He knows we long for peace. He knows we long for long to be refreshed. He knows this. He knows this. And so he has sent us another comforter who is the Holy Spirit. He has sent us the, these rivers of living water. But let me show you another example of, uh, of this. Uh, of John, the fourth chapter. We're going to show you another example of this, the, the same case in Jeremiah, the second chapter. Jeremiah, second chapter. Verses 9 through 15. Listen to what it says. It says, wherefore, now here's the Lord. The Lord is speaking. The Lord God speaking, speaking to the people of Israel. He says, wherefore, I will uh, yet plead with you, says the Lord. And with your children's children will I plead. Now, that doesn't sound like an angry God, someone who's out to kill you. God said, I'm pleading with you. Now, here's what, here what the Lord is pleading for. What could God be really pleading for? What in the world could he be doing? In verse number 10, it says, For pass over the isles of Chittim, and see, and send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. He said, go to the heathen nations. Go over there and look and see. If, there's, if they're doing such a thing that you're doing. Well, I'm wondering what they're doing. 
Verse 11. Hath a nation changed their gods? Yet ye, rather it says, uh, which are no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which profiteth, which, for that which doeth not profit. Verse 11 said, uh, verse 10, 11, the Lord said, go over to the heathen nations. Go over to them and see if they're doing what you're doing. Do they switch gods over there and they really don't have any gods? Look at their idols of wood and statue of glass and all that. And they're firing down and worshiping them. Do they throw their gods away and go find another? He said, yeah, my people have thrown me away and have chosen for themselves other gods to serve. He says in verse 12, he said, be astonished, O ye heavens, at this and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, says the Lord. I mean, the heavens, the stars, the angels, my God, you have thrown away the glory of God to get something that is temporary. Are you hearing what the word says? Verse 13 says, for my people have committed two evils. He said, they have forsaken me. Forsaken me what? The fountain of what? Living waters. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And here's the second evil and hewn out, hewn them out cisterns. That is a a water tank cisterns, broken cisterns at that, uh, that can hold no water. You forsaken me and you made yourself some water tanks that can hold no water. Verse 14 says, is Israel a servant? Uh, He said, uh, is he a home born slave? Why is he spoiled? He said, the, the young, verse 15, the young lions roared upon him and yelled, and they made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitants. In other words, because of this sin, that devil's really come in and messed up all of your stuff. He's laid waste to it. He said, the two evils, you have forsaken me. I'm the one who was supposed to supply you with all the water that you need. The Lord said, me, I'm the one responsible for the former lanes, former rains and the latter rains. But now, because you really don't trust me, you made yourself these water tanks. Now, the Lord said, I told you that I would supply all of your needs. But now you're going out and you're digging in the ground and you're making tanks uh, to try to satisfy our need. God said, you forsook me. I was the one you're supposed to be depending upon me for your very life and existence. But you're going another way. God said, uh, heavens, he said, let the heavens be in shock, be in amazement. For my people are throwing me away because they want to do their own things. They're trying to satisfy a spiritual concern with something that is natural. God said, I would supply. I would supply the need. You don't need to do this. And the Lord, of course, he is... Uh, not happy with what the with what Israel did. It would seem to be fine to uh, to make uh, some tanks that would hold rain water, but the Lord said, "Uh, uh-uh, that's not what I commanded you to do." He said, "I would supply your needs. I would supply your needs." And let me go ahead and finish here. Uh, and actually, and uh, John the seventh chapter, we're going to uh, end here for today. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Now, I want to show you again in verse 14, it says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him. Here's that spiritual water to solve a spiritual problem. 
You know, spirit solves spirit. Flesh will solve flesh. But you cannot take a fleshly thing to solve a spiritual problem. Neither can you take a spiritual thing to solve a natural problem. This is what James was talking about. He said, if someone comes to you hungry and, and naked, he said, don't say to them, be clothed, be filled. No, you're trying to uh, solve a natural problem with something spirit. He said, no, you give them some clothes, give them something to eat. Let natural go of natural and let spirit go with spirit. Are you with me? So, but this is what we've been doing in the reverse. We've had a spiritual problem. We've had holes in our hearts. We have longed for peace and safety. We, we have longed for comfort. We have longed for pleasure. And we have taken natural things to solve a spiritual problem. And anytime you do that, understand there's only so far that you can throw something up. And it's going to always come back down. It will not solve the problem. You'll have to go back to the well again and again and again and again. So the woman sees this. Now we're closing. The woman sees this and she knows that there's a problem now. And Lord Jesus gives her her answer. And he actually gives it to her in the very beginning here. And verse 14, and it says, uh, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The Lord said, I want to give you something. Now, let's look back at verse number 10. The Lord said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him. Now, here's the answer here. His answer to this spiritual problem. He said, if you knew the gift of God, and the gift of God is the Holy Spirit, and who it is that's speaking to you, he is Christ, you would ask him. If you have the revelation of the Holy Spirit, revelation of Jesus Christ, you would ask him. And he said, and he would give to you. He said, and, and he would give to you uh, living water. Now, in John the seventh chapter, the Lord really defines what living water is. Now, we were in John the fourth chapter. In John 7, chapter, he tells us what living water is. John 7, verse 37 says, In that day, the day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, hath said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, if you believe on me, I will give you the living water. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. I will give you my spirit. And having the spirit of God within you, will cause that overflow sensation that will feed or refresh your soul. The Lord said, come to me. And remember back in Isaiah, come to me and drink. In other words, turn from what you've been feeding on. I'm not sure what you've been having for dinner, what you've been eating on. But he says, turn to me. Let me refresh you. Let me restore you. Well, how is that going to be? Well, actually it says it here. And we're closing up. It actually says it here because it says the last day of the feast here in John, the seventh chapter, 
This was the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was when uh, Israel would celebrate uh, the uh, coming harvest. And they would ask the Lord's blessings on the crops that they were about to plant. Because they understood that unless the Lord sent the rain uh, upon their crops, they couldn't eat. And that would mean also that famine would be at the door. So they were depending on God for the rain. This was the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. When the people of God, the high priest would go before the people and they would ask God's favor and blessings upon the next year's crops. They were asking him for the rain, asking him for water. So what did Jesus do on the last day of the feast when the high priest was supposed to stand and ask God blessings for water over their crops? Well, he stood up in front of everybody and said, anybody who wants some water, believe in me. Believe in me. I'll give you living water. Wow. Isn't that something? In other words, the son of God was saying that I'm the one who can handle all of your needs. I'm the one who can handle every single one of your needs, but you've got to trust in me. The Lord said, he that believes on me out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. So we've got to tap into that river. That means when you have an itch or a craving or a desire to go back to the things that you used to do, go before the Lord. You'll find two things very encouraging. One, as you spend time with him, just in time with, in, in him, with him in prayer, talking to him, you're being fed. As you open up your Bible and as you study your Bible, as you read your Bible, spend time with him. What, what's happening? You're being fed. You're being fed. You're being fed and you're being watered. The Lord said if, if, uh, if you, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness... The Lord said, you're going to be filled. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to fill you. But we've got to turn our attention from the broken cistern. We've got to turn our attention from Jacob's well and receive from the Lord. The Lord said, I have what you need to supply you. But the problem is we only feed ourselves. Most churchgoers only feed themselves one day a week. And it's not even really a day. It's a couple of hours. And it's really not a couple of hours. It's maybe 30 or 45 minutes. And most churchgoers, here again, you know, don't even bring a Bible to church. Now, I'm just, I'm just saying. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? So we listen to somebody for 30 or 45 minutes, and then we go back home and listen to blank, 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 blank. I'm not going to say his name. And we listen to others and other talk shows and the popular culture and movies. We hear a lot all throughout the week. We're drinking from everything else. We're eating from everything else all throughout the week. And we come and eat for 30 minutes or 45 minutes one day a week and think that we're going to be satisfied. How long would your physical body be satisfied if you just ate one meal a week? One meal a week. Just one. So the Lord said, well, I'll go home with you. He said, don't ask the preacher to go home with you. I, I may come. I'm going to somebody's house in a little bit, but I'll go. But the Lord goes with you every week. Let him go with you. Let him feed you through his word. Let him feed you in prayer. Talk to him. And as the inside of your heart becomes occupied and filled with his presence, with his word, you'll notice that you won't have a hunger and thirst for that anymore. 
whatever your that is. In her case, it was a lot of men. Whatever your that is, if you feel it, if you're already hungry, when you go to Sizzler or Bonanza, if you are, rather, if you already feel, if, if let, let's say it's Thanksgiving, let me, let me give you a good example. We're going to close out. Thanks, some people have to go to several Thanksgiving dinners at Thanksgiving, you know, just to keep peace. I'll go to your mama's house. You go to my mama's house. We go over this person's house. We go to this person. So they eat over here. They eat a big meal. And when they go to the second house, you know, well, I'm full. You may have the yams out, the collard greens out. You may have the turnip, uh, collard greens, turnip greens, lima beans, black-eyed peas, the turkey, the ham. That's the ham. You have all that in cornbread mm, and the stuffing, giblets. I can't think of nothing else, but they have all of that out, but you've already eaten at house number one. So you get over here to house number two, you're really not that hungry because, or not hungry at all because you've already eaten. But the problem is when we haven't eaten and we go to somewhere already hungry and we'll eat whatever's in front of us. So if we just eat once a week, Monday, you're going to be hungry again, Tuesday, and we're eating anything in sight, trying to fulfill a need. The Lord said, try me, trust me, let me feed you, let me give you water, let me quench your thirst. What are you having for dinner? Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory but I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me so now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and I confess Jesus as my master my Lord and as my Savior come into my heart Lord Jesus Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.